0: Welcome to Chat NDT with ASNT, I'm Haley Cowens. Jared Watson is a Quality Control Specialist, an ASNT NDT Level 3, and a three-time Jeopardy winner. We watched Jared go on his winning streak in June 2023, and he'll be back on the show for the Tournament of Champions on February 26. I had the chance to talk with Jared about his experience as being a contestant, his interesting path to the NDT industry, and how preparing for his Level 3 might have helped him prepare for Jeopardy too. So I'm here talking to Jared. He is a three-time winner of Jeopardy! and you've just recently been invited back to the Tournament of Champions. So thank you so much for joining us and fitting us into a very busy time for you.
1: Yeah, it's been a very crazy, well, whole year really, but these last few weeks definitely have been insane. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm, I'm glad I can be here.
0: Yeah, the as family cheered you on when you were on before, and it was really exciting to watch. It was really fun to have somebody that I was rooting for while watching it. It added an extra layer to the game that I've never experienced before.
1: Yeah, hopefully you can you can do that again when the, the TOC airs.
0: Yeah, perfect. So I was really curious, have you always wanted to go on Jeopardy? Because it feels like I definitely know some people who love Jeopardy, and it feels like they're ready to be called up anytime it happens. So when did this dream start for you?
1: It, I started actively trying to get on the show about seven years ago and there is an online test that you take and you just send off the test and it it used to be that there was only like a set number of days, like, okay, the test is open from April 8th to 10th and Mm -hmm. you either take it then or wait until the next time they announce it, which could be six months from now, could be a year from now, but now they have what's called the anytime test which you can just take at your leisure. You can just only take it once a year. So between those versions of the online test, I've been trying to get on the show for, for seven years, I guess eight years now, (laughs) because it's been a year, but yeah. So yeah, it was definitely something that I was making serious concerted effort to try and get on. So yeah, I, I, I didn't, I didn't get on by accident.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. What was the initial spark for you? What was it, you know, eight odd years ago that made you decide, you know what, I, I'm ready. I'm going to take that test.
1: You know, honestly, it was just the fact that I didn't know that the test existed before then. But also, you know, and this dovetails into AS&T and NDT is that I was going through school at that time to, uh, to learn NDT. And I had just, mm-hmm. you know started a family and we were going through all that. And then once I kind of got some stability in my career, I was like, okay, well now I can look at other things instead (laughs) of just (laughs) making ends meet and go for, go for other dreams. And that was this.
0: So, so it sounds like You started your serious preparation about eight years ago, but it sounds like you've probably always been a Jeopardy fan, or at least for a long time have been a Jeopardy fan.
1: Oh, yeah. No. And one of my earliest memories around the show is when I was like four or five years old, watching an episode of Jeopardy at my grandparents' house and answering a question right and seeing all the eyes in the room, like turn (laughs) over and look at me like this four year old kid answering a question on this show. And that was the first inkling that I had that, okay, I guess that's not something everybody can do. And so, yeah, that always stuck with me.
0: So how do you, how do you prepare for a test like that? Or or even, and then just the show in general, because to me, I'm always amazed when I watch it, just like, how do they have so much knowledge about such a wide swath of topics?
1: I mean, some of it is just being... Kind of curious about life in general, because I don't think you can cover absolutely everything through you know books and Wikipedia articles and whatever you mm. your study habits of choice are. there has to be some just stuff that you are interested in just for its own sake and that much you just bring to the table on your own but beyond that i mean there are definitely subjects and topics that jeopardy loves to hit over and over and over again you know like like shakespeare or mm. geography in general and you know certain subjects in geography and things like that where there is a a body of knowledge some people use the term corpus or whatever the corpus mm. of of jeopardy and so that gives you a rough idea of the things that they will probably ask about. And Mm -hmm. it makes it easier to to study because it, if you're just trying to think, well, let me prepare for all of human knowledge (laughs) and then I'll be ready. I I don't think you're going to be, I don't think you're going to have a good time.
0: No. No, I always get excited when I watch it every once in a while there will be a category that's really in my wheelhouse that I think, "Oh, I am going to get these." And then I'm always really yeah. bad at that category too. <laughs> and I'm like, "So this is just like it's it's really impressive."
1: Yeah, well, no, sometimes it is. It is it's a trap where yeah. it's, you know, it's talking about oh, I I I couldn't tell you just off the the top of my head, but you think it's going to be about one subject and then it turns out it's about something completely different, but just They use little bits of information to tie it to what they really wanted to ask about. So, yeah, you just you think, oh, okay, well, that's my category. And you pick it and it's like, I have no idea what you're asking me about right now. So, yeah, they they love to do that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. And it's so funny hearing you talk about it, too, because from the NDT world, it sounds like there's there's kind of a lot of overlap between you know folks in the ndt world are very familiar with having to take tests to test their knowledge and and studying the body of knowledge for that and so it's it's really interesting to hear that kind of process i wanted to go back to what you were talking about about starting your career in ndt and how that that kind of coincided with you starting to starting to think seriously about Jeopardy. So I know from from reading a little bit more about you that y- your career has gone in a few different directions, which I think is often true of people in NDT. But for you in particular, I read that you at one point were a professional musician and at one point were a journalist. And so I'm really interested to know what was that journey like for you? What, what finally brought you to the world of NDT?
1: Yeah, and I think that's something that may be a little unique about me as far as the, the jeopardy world goes, it's just that I've had so many jobs and wildly different jobs over the course of my life that I think it's gotten me a little more exposure into a few different, like I've been, I've been a janitor at some point. I worked in you know, in fast food, mm. I worked in several different retail jobs, I was just doing whatever job I could do to, Support myself as a you know college student and bachelor I was a, a server like a waiter I worked at at Apple for a while, oh. like doing like phone support mm-hmm. so yeah it's really just gone all over the map, but i didn't really think about having a career until I got married so when I was working at apple i've gotten to a point where I was making a pretty okay living for myself, Mm -hmm. but I kind of knew that that was all I was going to be able to do from where I was. Like there, there was not a lot of room for me to, to grow from there. Right. And it was fine for, you know, a bachelor living in a one bedroom apartment, but I felt like that that was not enough. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to go back to school I know that I can come back to a job like this and be okay. And that mm-hmm. was kind of my mental safety net. But why not try and go for something bigger? And so I went back to school. I got a journalism degree, like mm-hmm. you said, but I also met my wife there. So we got married. And at the time, I was working at a newspaper making $14 an hour, mm-hmm. which is not family supporting income. Yeah. So my brother had gone to a dive school called the the Ocean Corporation. Yeah. Um, o- Ocean Corps. People in NDT tend to know what o- Ocean Core is. So he went to that to learn diving. And mm-hmm. he had told me that, hey, they also teach this industry called non-destructive testing, NDT. And I'm like, what's that? he's like, well, nobody knows what that is. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I always, I kept that in the back of my head. And so now we were getting ready to have our first child. Mm-hmm. Things were getting very serious, very fast as far mm-hmm. as life goes. And I was like, you know what? Let's try this NDT thing. And so we moved down to Houston. I, I went to Ocean Corps and I had a job offer with, with Mistross yeah, about a week before I was set to graduate at Ocean Core, and I was off and running, and I've been doing it in one form or another ever since.
0: That's really cool. Yeah, it's. I feel like everybody has a different story of how they ended up in NDT. and that one definitely has, I think, a little bit more twists and turns than the normal one. But it's funny how how much an abnormal journey is kind of the norm <laughs> in this yeah. industry.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody has the same. Story about how they end up where they end up uh, with with NDT. I think, I mean, there's a lot of people that have gone through the military or mm-hmm. you know any other number of things or taken university classes, like actually gotten a degree toward it. But that that's how I did it, and it it's worked. <laughs> yeah. When I finally got the the call for Jeopardy, mm-hmm. the first call to start the Zoom test, it was right around the same time that I was taking my first level three exam. Oh really? So I kind of got to use the same skill set for studying for my ASNT exam to apply toward Jeopardy study too. So it all kind of dovetailed together in that way.
0: That's amazing. But also I would imagine a, a very high pressure short amount of time.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well for both, really. Yeah. And in a way I think that kind of helped because it just I, I got through the ASNT exam through the, through the basic and the, the RT level three Mm -hmm. exam in pretty short order and I passed them and that let me feel like, okay, well I, if I apply myself in this way, I can, I can succeed at these things. So that, I think that helped with, with Jeopardy also.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I know you just mentioned you have your certification in RT. Do you do underwater NDT since you went through the diving school or?
1: The way Ocean Core works is they have a, just a full NDT program. Okay. And then they actually, they do courses in like welding and mm-hmm. ROV training just, but that's more like cross training kind of thing. It's not a real, mm-hmm. like I learned how to tie knots I mean, it's nice to know how to tie a clove hitch when you have to haul a 50 pound iridium camera up a tower. But other than that, I haven't really used it in anything. But (laughs) so you're, you have a little bit of training if you wanted to pursue that, but I I never had to do that. I, I just went straight to started working in refineries to get my OJT in a lot of the methods.
0: What is your involvement in ASNT like other than, you know, obviously doing the the level 3 exams, but you, have you been to the conferences? I know we were just in Houston last year. Were you able to make it down for any of that? I,
1: I, I was there. Yes, I was there. And I had it was a fantastic time. I got to meet a lot of people. I got to reconnect with a lot of people that, you know, coming in and out of the facility that I work at now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's a it's a great place to see all kinds of products that you may not have seen before you know, new inspection techniques that everybody's working on training materials and yeah. Plus they fed me really well. So I'm I'm happy about that.
0: <laughs> yeah. The food was really good last year. <laughs> yeah. It's always fun for me to get to go, you know, for those of us that work at ASNT, but aren't from an NDT background, you know, we, we read about and see all of these products in action, but I don't usually get to see NDT in action the way I do at the conferences. So that's always a fun aspect for me.
1: Yeah, yeah. They do a lot of demos on the floor so you can get a better idea. Because, yeah, if you just read like technical manuals or something like that, you it you know, it all reads like stereo instructions and you don't really get a sense of what that really means until you can actually see it for yourself.
0: So I'm guessing to, to be a contestant on Jeopardy, you know, it's obviously a lot about your knowledge, but I would imagine part of it is, is your story and, you know, your experiences and what you, what you bring in that way. So did you get a lot of reactions as you were going through the process, you know, similar to what we all get of like, what is NDT? What, what is this industry that you represent? You know, what was that like?
1: Yeah. So the funny thing about that was that my actual job title at that time Mm
0: -hmm. was,
1: was NDI engineer, which yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not an engineer. I don't have an (laughs) engineering degree, but when I went for the zoom interview, so the way it works is you take the initial online test, the 50 Mm -hmm. question test, and then they bring you back and you take a second 50 question test. And this one is proctored by somebody on the show. Mm -hmm. And then you come in for a zoom audition and that's when they actually will talk to you and, gauge your, how you do on camera and that kind of thing. Right. But so, yeah, I, I was, I'm an NDI engineer. So the producer that was running that zoom audition is like, Oh, so you're an engineer. And I was like, well, not really, but here's what I do. It's like, I, I inspect aircraft to make sure that they are able to continue flying and check for defects. He's like, okay, well, that's an important job. You can call yourself whatever you want. <laughs> so that was kind of how they gauged how appropriate I would be to be on the show is that I could go back and forth with him on that I guess
0: Mm -hmm. yeah it's always funny question number one is you know what is that and then once you explain it the follow-up is always like oh that's really important yeah (laughs) yeah go figure
1: yeah well or they'll you know make some kind of crack about telling whether uh, a pipe is pregnant or something because it's always ultrasound and it always ends up going there but yeah. I've
0: actually never heard that before. We do sometimes use that to help explain it to people, but I've never heard it in reverse. Nobody's nobody's made the connection back at me before. Well, because they I even when I
1: explain what non-destructive testing is, they still usually don't get it. So it's like, "Oh, I'm using stuff, you know, like X-ray and ultrasound and mm-hmm. then I guess that makes people think of medical stuff." Right. So, yeah.
0: So when when you first were on last year, you know we were in communication and we found out about it pretty much right when it was airing. And so we posted it to our channels and encouraged people to watch and everything. And we obviously didn't know how far you were going to go, which yeah. which you you knew at the time, but obviously couldn't share with us. So that was really fun. We get to we got to post a few times. Hey, tune back in and keep watching, keep watching Jared. So, yeah. what was it like to not only get to be on Jeopardy after years of trying for it, but to then go on that streak?
1: it was mind-blowing it was mind-blowing at the time when i actually did it but i had we recorded that episode at the end of march or mm. recorded those episodes at the at the end of march and it didn't air until june so right. i had to i had to sit on that for i mean and they didn't even pay me until after the episodes had <laughs> aired so it's like it was not real at all. It was just something that I did on a weekend. And, you know, did that happen? Was that a fever dream or something? Yeah. And then I watch myself on TV and have like watch parties with people and they're watching me watch myself on TV. <laughs> then the check comes and then yeah. it's all reality. Yeah. And all I ever wanted to do was get on the show. Success, like winning. That was a dream beyond a dream. I I was sending off online tests into the void, never hearing anything back. They don't, they don't contact you until you are, they want to audition with you. But so you're just sending it off as a pipe dream. So to have them call me and then to be on the show and then to win and then to win three times that it's, it's still nuts to me. I've I've had a year to live with it and it's (laughs) still nuts.
0: Yeah. It was really fun. It was fun. Like I like I mentioned, it, it was I've never had anybody to really specifically root for while watching Jeopardy. That, that added a fun. Although I don't know, if it were me, I don't know that I could have then watched myself, especially with other people. I might have had to be like, you know, I know it's going to air and that's when I'm going to go hide in a cave for a yeah, couple of well, days.
1: And then knowing the specific mistakes that I would make during the game and knowing that they were about to come and then watching myself, you know, like flub an answer or flub a final Jeopardy. <laughs> And that's a different kind of uh, thing to have to experience. And yeah. but it was it all ended up pretty good, I have to say.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I can't imagine, like I said to you earlier, when it's categories that I feel like I should know really well, I don't know them. So it's, it's impressive. Oh, I hope uh, you're not, not too hard on yourself. <laughs>
1: actually the weirdest thing, and this is something that the other Jeopardy contestants will talk about is how they will be watching themselves on an episode mm-hmm. and a question will come up and you're, you're sitting there watching it and you don't know the answer. And then you will see yourself ring in and give the right answer.
0: That's Uh, amazing.
1: Yeah. It's like, it's this total out of body experience. (laughs) Like you knew it then, but you don't know it now. And that's the the weirdness of human psychology, I guess it's bananas.
0: Absolutely. So then when did you find out that you were going to be brought back for the tournament of champions? And what was that like? (sighs)
1: So they punked me. They, they had my local CBS affiliate CBS 11 contact me and say, Hey, we would like you you to come on and talk about your experience with Jeopardy. And there was already something called the champion's wildcard that had been announced. Mm -hmm. And I was pretty sure that I was going to come back for that, but they, they brought me on. They had me in studio at the, at the news station, which was cool. I mean, obviously I was going to say yes. And they did a little interview with me, like a two, three minute interview. And then they Play this video of Ken Jennings telling me, hi, Jared, just have a quick message for you. We can't invite you back for the champion's wild card because you're going straight to the tournament of champions. (laughs) Congratulations. And. I was absolutely stunned, and the the videos out there if you if you want to see it, where I gave them some very good surprised reactions, <laughs> yeah, and like right after that, it was right before Thanksgiving actually, and I think it was either Thanksgiving or Christmas, but anyway, I had to go to I was. Going to a dinner with my, like my whole family, like mm-hmm. my whole extended family, you know, aunts and uncles and cousins and stuff, and they were asking me about that because they had just see me on the news because I told them that it was going to happen, and they're like, "Well, you had to know that they were going to do that, right?" I was like, "You were you were in on this?" I was like,
0: "Absolutely not!
1: I am not nearly that good of an actor." I'm <laughs> that that was genuine reaction. I have I had no idea.
0: That's so funny so you found out you were going to be odd and then you you shared with me that you have already filmed it so is there yes. a, is there anything you can share with us you know I know obviously there's there's a lot that's <laughs> well that you can't I can, but <laughs> yeah
1: so I can the the matchups for the the quarterfinals for the tournament of champions have have been released so i I, I think I can talk about that I can tell <laughs> you that I am going up against Ben goldstein who is a five time Champion and a great player, and I am going against Chris Panulo, who is a twenty-one game winner, was the biggest winner of the season, and the person nobody wants to face in this <laughs> tournament. So yeah, I got I got him right away, and and I, I I can tell you that when because they don't tell you the matchups until you're Mm. right about to go on stage. It's like you're back in the green room and they just come in and say, all right, here's the next matchup, Chris, Ben and Jared. So (laughs) in the five minutes that it took to redo my makeup, because they they'll do your makeup at the beginning of the day, but then they'll touch it up before you go on stage. Sure. I just, I felt like a dead man walking (laughs) from (laughs) the green room to the, to the set. So I can't say anything more than that, but sure. Yeah. I I had my work cut out for me. That is absolutely for sure. And that was going to be the case anyway, because these these are 27 fantastic players. It's the best of the best. It's the biggest field that the Tournament of Champions has ever had. And it was just the best. And I will say also that it was just a fantastic week. Everybody got along really well. I made some friends that I hope I have for life. We're already talking about meeting up in other ways after the fact. So regardless of how the tournament went, I am really glad to have had the experience of going back because also it's like when you first, when you're just doing regular episodes of jeopardy, it's you just for one, you have to pay your own way to, Mm to go Um, so yeah, so you have to find your own hotel and pay for your own plane ticket and all that. So you kind of really do feel like you're in a bubble (laughs) and you either show up, you show up and you either win or you don't, and then you go back home. But this felt more like a community. It's like they put all of us up in a hotel together and we got to, you know, go have dinners and we did karaoke the last night, and that was really fun. I had I had to do karaoke immediately after Amy Schneider, the forty game winner, so no pressure <laughs> there. But yeah, it was just it was a it was a great week. I mean, even if I didn't compete, it, it would have been great just to go back. And you know, I, there's there was a minimum of five thousand dollars coming back to me no matter how I did. So yeah, I, it was it was all gravy just being there was 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 enough so
0: you know i want to circle back to how you were talking about before you were in ndt you were in a lot of different jobs that just kind of felt like jobs that were kind of helping you get by and then once you yeah. entered ndt that was when you you felt like you had a solid career underfoot yeah. so i'm curious if you what what advice would you give to somebody else who's maybe feeling that way listening to this episode right now maybe they're just beginning to learn what ndt is they're kind of wondering you know is this going to be different from just just a job that i've had before what is it that makes it an engaging career to build
1: well i depending on what you do it's something i like i feel like every day is different you know every every part you inspect all every finding is kind of its own animal. And it's, that is kind of self-sustaining. And then also there is kind of the thing where you'll process a whole bunch of parts and not find anything. And then all of a sudden something comes up and it's like, Oh, wow, there's a crack in this. Oh, and and then you go and find everybody else in the shop and it's like, Hey, look what I found. Look what I found. This is great. (laughs) Well, this is awful because we're going to have to tell them that it's bad, but it's great because it just is validation that you are doing the job the way it's supposed to be done. And you're finding the things that you're supposed to find and you're preventing flawed things from mm-hmm. getting through production or going back into service. And that's really important. And there are a lot of horror stories in all kinds of industries where these things weren't done and there were catastrophic consequences. So, you know, right. we're one of the most important lines of defense preventing those kind of things. And so that's something that I take a lot of pride and responsibility in. And I think that kind of provides its own validation, momentum to, to keep at it. And it's the kind of field where, well, I, I can tell you, I had a four-year double major degree that I had incurred $50,000 worth of debt to acquire Mm -hmm. that is still sitting in a cardboard tube in a fire safe that I've never even unrolled because I don't use it. Mm -hmm. And things like NDT, where it's not necessary to get a college degree, to start into the field and you can make a fantastic living. And mm-hmm. it's an understaffed, underknown industry in general that all kinds of companies still need people for and are looking to hire people for. I mean, it's just, it's a fantastic field to get into if you want to make a living for yourself very quickly. And that's what I needed at the time. And thankfully, it's something that... I was able to have success very quickly and sustain and have gotten onto a, a career path that I think is going to last me the rest of my working life. So mm-hmm. I, I would recommend it to anyone and it doesn't take a lot to get started. Mm-hmm. And it is the kind of thing where once you do get started, you can pro- progress very quickly. So yeah, I would recommend it to anybody.
0: I'm so glad that you've been able to represent it in this really unique way,
1: yeah, no and then like I said when when this is all over, I'll be happy to come back and we can we can talk
0: more, yeah, absolutely, so when is your episode airing so we can make sure everybody can tune in?
1: It is on february twenty sixth to check your local listings for time and yeah <laughs> station.
0: We'll, we'll be sure to to put links to all of that you know in in every place that we can to make sure people can get it because depending on your local channels there are different details so we'll make sure to get as many details out there as possible for everybody thank you so much for joining us and i can't wait i can't wait to watch you in the the tournament of champions
1: yes i well I, I, (laughs) i am happy for all the support that i've gotten through this whole journey and it's been really gratifying and it's been just a, a dream. So thank you so much.
0: Be sure to tune in this Monday, February 26th, to watch the next chapter in Jared's Jeopardy story. You can check your local channel and times at jeopardy.com watch. You can also connect with ASNT on social media at ASNT info on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Our listener survey is also still open at asnt.org/podcast. So please take a minute to fill that out if you haven't already. Chat NDT with ASNT is a podcast from the American Society for Non-Destructive Testing. ASNT, creating a safer world.